sorry we all can't be speaking at events and stuff already within a year and a half. We all can't have that Anita Smith power with us, you know. <laughs> Superstar Anita Smith power. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Stop. Hi, I'm Anita Smith. I'm Bradley Rice. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to, to the, the Salesforce, Salesforce for Everyone podcast. podcast. In today's show, Brad and Anita reminisce with our Gen Z guests about the part-time gigs they had while in college. My part-time job was selling at a retail store, and I don't think that's as fun as doing Salesforce. My part-time job was uh, at Great Clips, making $6.50 an hour. I worked at a car wash while I was in college. (laughs) Also, we discuss ways to beat a bias that younger people face in the Salesforce space. Because it feels almost odd to say ageism in terms of young people, right? Because that's not how we think of it. But it's so true. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Salesforce for Everyone podcast. In our last episode, we really kicked off Series 2 talking about everything that happened in Series 1 and then giving you guys a breakdown of everything that we're going to cover, or at least that we hope to cover, in Series 2. So I think Series 2 is going to bring a ton of value and a lot of really interesting conversations And we're kicking that off with episode two right now. And we're going to be talking about really high school students, college students, maybe people who opted out of high school or college, or even just young adults who, you know, are coming out of college or high school and they're not sure what to do next, or they thought they knew what they were going to do, but now they're not quite sure what to do. And so we want to talk to really that crowd all about Salesforce and the opportunities that exist to see if this might be an option for them. And we have a few special guests today, but with me, as always, is Anita Smith. So how's it going, Anita? Hey, it's going pretty well. I'm a little envious of our panelists. I wish I knew about Salesforce when I was their age. Our panelists, they're going to be retired in like 10 years or less. (laughs) Yeah, that's uh, probably true, especially if they're, you know, we talk a little bit about financial independence, you know, in series one. And so... I'm sure that most of our active listeners by now know that Anita and I are both big fans of financial independence and really concepts of lifestyle choice. And part of that is early retirement. So yeah, if we were there when we were their age, this 18 to 22 range, yeah, we we probably wouldn't be doing the show right now, but we weren't. (laughs) So, but yeah, I would love to get some introductions from our guests today. So Tucker Gartner is the first guest we'll introduce. So how's it going, Tucker? Going good, going good. So as Brad said, my name is Tucker Gartner. I did graduate college from a small school here in Nebraska, uh, named Concordia University. I graduated the Talent Stacker Salesforce program in about February of 2022, if I remember right, or 2021. If I go back right, it was in 2021, I did that. And since then, I have moved up into a senior Salesforce admin position. I am two times certified by now, looking at my third. Yeah, that's awesome. So you're at about 18 months, 15 to 18 months experience. You've already been promoted, already seen some of those insane pay raises and ju- just an amazing thing. So that, that's awesome. All right. Let's take it over to Patrick Amos. Tell us a little bit about what you have going on. Hello. My name is Patrick Amos. I've been in Salesforce for about two and a half years now. I originally got started when I was in high school as a senior And now I'm halfway through college at this point, and I'm three times certified. That's awesome. And you mentioned that you've been in it two and a half years, started as a high school senior, now you're in college. So just to frame how things are going, are you working full-time and going to college part-time, or is it part and part? Or I guess, could you explain that just a little bit? Yeah, for sure. I am doing 
college full-time right now and I've been contracting the whole time I've been doing Salesforce just to give myself more flexible hours and sort of throughout my journey I've been trying to take on more hours during either school breaks like summer or winter break that sort of thing and then also working as much as possible throughout high school and college and I've actually got the majority of my family into Salesforce as well at this point. That's awesome. I'm sure we'll talk about that some during the during the show today so that that'll be great. All right, so our third guest that we have. And so we promise this panel isn't infinitely long. This is our third and final guest, Eric Kogan. So do you mind giving us a quick intro, Eric? Hey, everybody. Eric Kogan here. I graduated from a four-year college called Wheaton College in Massachusetts. Graduated from the Talent Stacker program December 2020. And I am in a Salesforce administrator role, just digging into flows and loving everything about it. All right. So I think to kick things off on this episode, one of the really interesting things is that you all started with Salesforce at an early age. And I think, you know, some of us earlier, I know Patrick mentioned all the way back in high school. And then I think you guys were probably, you know, either in college or right out of college, really thinking about Salesforce and how to get started across the board. So I'd be really interested in how you determined or what advice you would have for listeners on you know, coming out of high school or maybe they're early on in college in those first couple of years and they're trying to decide, do I, do I opt for college or, or do I opt out of college? And, and can I potentially not go to college and then do a Salesforce career? Is that a safe bet or is there something I'm missing? So if you guys don't mind sharing, you know, whoever wants to take it first, what would you put into that? And what would you say to people based on your story and your experience, you know, Salesforce first college or should we do both? Yeah, I can start here if you guys want to. So I went ahead and went to college, like I said in my introduction there. But one thing that I took out of it, like, yeah, I did take stuff out of college. I was a business administration with a marketing degree. So I had to, had to get a comprehensive understanding of different business models and practices kind of going into it. And I was able to use that as I went into Salesforce leveraging. But through it, all of my interview processes, none of those have came up in the conversation of how would I use my college degree to leverage this? Everything has always been... So through your Salesforce experience, how have you leveraged this type of situation to come up with this? None of it's been, oh, yeah, when you were at college just two years ago, how would you use what you learned there to come here? Um, if anything, I think it just showed the ability to learn and put the nose to the grindstone and do that. But a Salesforce certification or two certifications like most of us have here now can do the same thing. So that's kind of my two cents on it. Yeah, I'm going to jump in and say I agree. I think everyone's situation is completely different. For me, I studied business and economics as well. And like you said, I also got a lot out of college. But let's say, you know, everyone in high school and your guidance counselors and your teachers and everybody, your parents are pushing, let's go take out tens of thousands of dollars in student loans at age 17. Well, financially, you're not exactly starting off on the, on the right foot. So if that, you know, is of a concern to you, I would say, you're not holding yourself back at all by not doing that. If you're considering whether Salesforce is worth the roll of the dice, I, I would argue that it would be. And that, like you said, there no one's asking about your college experiences on interviews. I would also agree with that. I do think everyone's scenario is completely different from the next person. And for me, it did make sense to go ahead and get started with Salesforce early. I think a lot of people work throughout high school. I know a lot of people work throughout college for sure. So I was just willing to put in a couple of months to get started with Salesforce. And then from that point, I was able to work pretty much the same hours as other people are just in Salesforce and within that ecosystem. And 
my business degree is going to be data analytics and information systems. So it's kind of like if Salesforce had a degree. But again, I'm looking for that college experience. I definitely want to learn more. And if you're interested in a degree, I would definitely say go for that. But there is no nothing stopping you from also doing Salesforce at the same time. So question, this is for Eric and Tucker. Knowing what you know now, if you could talk to your younger self before you went to college, would you still go to college? I wouldn't be $50,000 in debt, if I had to be honest. I would have went to a much more generic college. I wouldn't have went to a private school if I had to go back, look at the experiences. Like, do I blame Patrick for wanting to go to college? No, the experiences are great. You're a college kid. And for me, as the middle of Nebraska, nobody cares what you do in your free time. So you can just kind of do whatever and have fun and have live that life up if you want to. But looking back at it too, it's like, I'm in $50,000 in debt. And it's like, what do I do from here? That's a lot of money in debt. And my first job out of college wasn't in Salesforce. I was doing sales, an inside sales job, making 48K. Like my first year salary wasn't even covering my total debt in college. And if we want to talk about financial independence and stuff, like that's just a horrible decision to go into right away, kind of like how Eric was talking. So I would have probably opted for an associate's degree just to get a degree in my name, just to have something there, just to show it. And then I would have went a different route and hopped into Salesforce and not waited so long and hit myself in the head as I look back onto it as I delayed the joining of Talent Stacker. Yeah, I agree. I probably would have also chosen college as well. I don't think that it's useless. It's definitely not useless to go to college. You can It shows that you accomplished something uh, worth putting the time for. But I probably also would have chosen something that might have cost less money and not put me into quite the student debt. You know, I enjoyed my experiences. I didn't learn anything job specific in college, but you know, for example, I, I met my girlfriend in college. I wouldn't give up that for the uh, for the world. Uh, but just the financial piece, I definitely would do it a little differently. But still, not. like I don't know, Eric. I'm sitting here fully jealous of Patrick and what he's doing right now. I'm sure Eric can resonate for that and be 100 percent on that. It's like he's got the perfect situation figured up. My part-time job was selling at a retail store, and I don't think that's as fun as doing Salesforce. So My part-time job was uh, at Great Cliffs, making $6.50 an hour while going to college. I worked at a car wash while I was in college, <laughs> making, I don't, whatever minimum wage was in 2010 is what I was getting paid. I was watching the uh, athletics varsity uniforms for a work-study job, like basketball jerseys and whatnot. Yeah, imagine getting paid real money like Patrick doing Salesforce contracts. (laughs) And I'm doing consultant work. (laughs) So I kind of want to pose a similar question to Patrick because we we asked Tucker and Eric, you know, if you could go back in time, would you go to college? And it sounded like the resounding answer was, yeah, but I would have made a more informed decision about how to get, you know, a similar degree or similar output by going to maybe a community college or maybe being more selective about the degree I went for. But with Patrick... You know, it's a little bit different because he got to make this decision already knowing about Salesforce and already having Salesforce in front of him. And if I remember correctly, Patrick, you effectively are getting college, um, like your tuition is is paid for, right? Like you have scholarships or, you know, through the state of Florida, you know, something or other. Could you give us your opinion? And you, you may not know, but if you had to pay full tuition to go to college, you know, like a lot of people do. How do you think that would have impacted that choice or what what choice do you think you would have made going that direction out of high school? Wow. Yeah. Um, That would probably have changed where I go to college. I think I would probably just stick at community for all 
four years rather than getting my AA and then transferring like what I'm doing now. I've already got my AA and I'm transferring to USF, a state school. But if I didn't have any scholarships or nothing was paid for at all, I was doing full price in-state tuition, not as bad as out-of-state. But I don't know. At that point, I feel like the cards would be against me. And in that scenario, I probably would just go full-time with Salesforce. I've had coworkers and friends that have skipped college. I also have friends that did college and now they're doing Salesforce full-time. So I think getting into Salesforce earlier is definitely beneficial. I was fortunate enough to kind of find it while I was still in high school. And then once I'm out of college here, I'll have more years on my resume and more years of experience and everything. So I think I'm putting myself in a good spot, which is my biggest concern. I'm curious, as you guys were going through your interview process, did you ever run into like, I don't know, questions like you being so young or like, you know, going through college or just graduated? Did that ever come up during your interviews? For me, it did not. So like I just started went to a senior admin level role and I had my one-on-one with HR and we we're sitting here talking. I'm like, yeah, I'm so young. I'm only 23. And she stopped me and she said, you're what? She's like, honestly, probably better that they don't know that. Cause unfortunately age, age is a constant barrier. I'm sure Eric sees, it, I'm sure Patrick sees it. Like I try to hide it. Like I took my graduation years off of my resume just cause they don't need to know it. They don't need to know my age. Like it is zero decision if I should get that job or not at the end of the day. And I'm sure that these other two have plenty of experience in that as well through their interview process. Um, at the end of the day, I have my certifications. I have the same knowledge as a lot of people, if not more at this point. That's what matters. And it should, my age shouldn't play a role in it. Yeah, I agree. I've never been asked that directly. But that being said, ageism and any kind of bias, we know it exists in the real world. I mean, I did my current company... One of the questions I always ask towards the end of an interview is, you know, do you have any concerns or red flags about me moving forward? And one of the interviewers said, well, I got to be honest, you look like a a very young gentleman. So there was that at first. But after talking to you, the way you presented yourself, you know, that's kind of a moot point. I've definitely had my fair share of, I guess, sort of ageism, if you want to call it that, when I was first getting on LinkedIn, I had recruiters actually reaching back out to me just to have an interview because they wanted to see how old I was. So many of them were just astounded that I was young and trying to get into Salesforce, but then they never took it further than that. They just wanted to actually see how old I was, which is why I kind of initially had to pose my LinkedIn like I was graduating college instead of high school because I just wasn't getting any traction. So I guess I've had my fair share of sort of ageism, but again, at the end of the day, I think experience and certification should take precedence. It doesn't really matter what age I am. It really just matters if I can get the job done, how I do in the interview process. I don't think age should be that huge of a factor. To me, this is like the public service announcement, right? Like to all the listeners right now who are young adults and they're they're hearing this, they're just nodding along and going, yeah, like it shouldn't matter. But we have a lot of listeners who are not, say, 18 to 25 years old. And they might be managers of companies or they might be, you know, employers or recruiters or anything in between. And I think when we think about ageism, like I think Patrick said, like ageism, if we want to use that term, because it feels almost odd to say ageism in terms of young people, right? Because that's not how we think of it. But it's so true. And we've seen it since the beginning. We see ageism for people who are, say, 40 or 50 plus years old trying to land these young people's tech jobs. And then we see the young people who are supposed to be 
the Gen Z or the young millennials that are supposed to be the ones who are adept and amazing to do these tech jobs who are also experiencing ageism. And it's a really interesting dynamic. It's like societally, if we're being ageist against people under the age of 25 and ageist against people over the age of 40, then we leave ourselves with a really small window of people who we're allowing to do the work. And I've seen it both ways. Like I, I had a LinkedIn message, even myself, I'm 33. And I had a LinkedIn message from somebody this week who didn't agree with something I was saying on LinkedIn or whatever else. And they said that it's no big deal though, because I'm too young to understand some of these things. And like, I have to bite my tongue so hard because, you know, how unfair would it be for me to say to somebody older than me, you're too old to understand these things. Like I would be canceled immediately. That's, that's so inappropriate to tell someone their age impacts their ability to understand or do something. So yeah, that's my rant on this topic, but ageism is very real on both ends of the spectrum. So I'm kind of glad it naturally came up here. So something I'm really interested in from hearing from everybody is uh, obviously we've talked throughout the podcast episodes about how much people get paid and opportunity and all those kind of things. But something if we have new listeners or you know people might just want to know right now, where do you go from here from a pay perspective? And you don't need to share how much you make, but at what age do you think you will be hitting the six figure mark? Because it's mind boggling to me. My age was 26 years old is when I hit six figures. And I thought that was insane. But now that I've had exposure to what other people are doing, it is even more incredible. So I guess if you already know your number, then awesome. But if you had a projected number that you're going to have six, hit six figures, I'd, I'd love to hear what your projection is. 23, calling it. I have a feeling you might already know, Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so what about you guys, Eric, Patrick? Yeah, I don't think there's an age. I'd say depending on whether, you know, your internal, external, your certs, how well you present yourself, kind of experience you had, you could say about two to three years doing this job. Okay, that's fair enough, yeah. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. I definitely think two to three years continuously getting certs and experience and learning as much as you can, you should be able to hit that number pretty easily. I got really lucky and hit that on the first shot, but I am 34. So <laughs> I have some years on you guys. Sorry, we all can't be speaking at events and stuff already within a year and a half. We all can't have that Anita Smith power with us, you know. <laughs> Superstar Anita Smith power. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> but I will hop on and actually say this. So I remember at my at my last job, I sat there in a call with another gal who hasn't been doing Salesforce too long. She was certified after me and she knew my age and everything. I said, and I told her, well, it came kind of from my early conversations with Brad and stuff after I got landed my first job. By the age I hit 23, I want to be making over 100K. I want to be in that six figures as a Salesforce admin. I was 22 at the time. This was, oh goodness, this was this year. Yeah, early this year, we had that conversation. And she straight told me on the phone, I respectfully am going to tell you, there is no way you can do that. I bit my tongue because I didn't want to come off as that coworker. I wanted to tell her, well, you're setting yourself up for disaster if you don't know the market like it is. Because you get that first two, three years of experience, kind of like what Patrick and Eric were saying, like the sky's the limit almost at that point with how needed this market is and how desirable these skills are still and will continue to be. I think right now in the last few years, especially since the pandemic, we've seen more of a trend of like salary transparency and people talking more about their salaries. I think it's helping, but I, I still think talking about how much money you make and how much money people are making is relatively taboo. And anytime somebody hears you make more than them, it's 
you know, they write it off as a nuance. Effectively, there must be some scenario-based reason that that happened. And I think it's interesting because when you have the right guidance, like when I started Salesforce, that was in 2010, and there weren't any podcasts about Salesforce. Like Salesforce didn't even have their own podcast about Salesforce. And there was no Salesforce bin writing articles, telling people about things. There was no Mason Frank salary survey. There was nothing to tell people how much other people are making other than you know, 10 reviews on Glassdoor about this and that, and you couldn't figure it out anyway. But when I started, I made about 30, 35,000 in my first Salesforce admin job because I had no idea how much people got paid. And when I got my one year pay raise, the offer was $42,000. And I had no idea how much people got paid. And so to me, that was fine, right? Because all the doors were shut, the curtains were closed. I had no idea what was going on outside because there was no guidance to go find. And so when I'm looking at, you know, talking to people now, it's amazing to me because I was on that trajectory at 22 to make 35,000, at 23 to make 42,000, you know, and, and if I kept on that path, I'd probably be at the same company 30 years old, eight years later, making 60, $70,000 and I'd be happy doing it. So I think the amazing thing about an opportunity for us all to sit here and talk about in two to three years, you should be making 100K should be eye-opening. And it, it, you know, these are not nuanced situations. These are not scenario-based. Tucker got lucky. Eric's getting lucky. Patrick's getting lucky. Like It's none of that. It is the fact that that is what the market demands. So if you're listening to this and you've been in Salesforce for two or three years and you are not making $100,000, you should probably listen. Like You should probably think, is there someone I should talk to? Should I be taking steps to get to that point? And the answer is yes. And I think the first thing is a, a difficult conversation with your current employer. All right. So I have a question for y'all. How did your parents react when you told them you're going for this Salesforce career? Oh my goodness. My parents were, first of all, there's no way that you can start in a career with no experience and make 60K. And then I got that first offer and they said, just be careful. There's no way. There's something behind it. Something's going to happen. And then I'm sitting over here and now and they're looking at me like, wait, what did you just do? Like, how did this happen? And my brother is kind of the same way. And yeah, it's just kind of like I made the right moves, I guess. And it just not fell in my lap. I've worked for it. I don't want to take away from that. But like, it is a thing that's possible. And it's crazy. My parents were very supportive, um, as they always are, with school, with sports, all that sort of thing. They were supportive with Salesforce, even though they didn't completely understand what it was or what I'd be doing day to day. and. At the very beginning, I didn't know what that would look like either. And that's when I was on YouTube looking up videos like what an admin does day to day. And of course, I found Bradley Rice and other people and they were just supportive. I mean, they totally had my back and they knew that I was taking certification exams and stuff. They didn't know what they were about or anything like that. But the whole time they were just helping me along the way. And then I think it was uh, around six months or a year later after I had really gotten into it, got my first role, everything was going good, that my dad would watch me work once in a while. And he also got interested in Salesforce. And then he eventually got his certifications and he did went through many programs like Hiring My Heroes and everything like that. And then he got a full-time role. So he went from medical, being a chiropractor, and now he's full-time at Salesforce and then my mom also went through hiring our heroes, pretty much the same process, got certified and everything. And now she is also full-time with it, went from medicine, she was a physical therapist, and now she's full-time with Salesforce. So they were really so supportive. Um, and then they ended up getting into it as well. Now I've also got my brother taking certifications and 
he's two times certified already looking to get into his first role and everything. So my whole family was supportive with it. And now everyone's kind of getting into it as well. Wait, before uh, Eric jumps in, curious, because your parents probably are like already mid-career. Did they get a pay increase or is it about same to what they're already making? You'd probably have to ask them. <laughs> um, I'm not I'm not exactly sure what they were making before because they kind of went from a business owner role where you want to pay yourself as little as possible, that sort of thing. So I'm sure it's like different types of stress, you know, going from like business owner, owning their own practice and everything to now there's just an employee that gets a great salary. So Well, are you guys finding you're taking like nicer family trips now? <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. And if we ever want, we can all take a family trip, bring laptops and continue our work if we need to. I think for me, so my parents were supportive. They were a little nervous at first. And I would say it wasn't so much as to what Salesforce is as at the time I was already on my own living in the city in Boston, trying to make something stick in the software sales world. And it was tough. I mean, it's COVID. It's tough everywhere. And then all of a sudden, I talk about this massive career pivot after only being a couple of years removed from college. And it was, well, you know, I have your back, just definitely nervous. I was working overnight at Whole Foods, stocking groceries and, and, and doing Salesforce during the day, trying to make that work. So when I finally landed a job, the relief was definitely there. Yeah, I will probably add to this part of my parents' like nervousness for me was because I told them one day I quit my job. They didn't believe me. And I think that's where they kind of came nervous. And then all of a sudden I told them I was going to be getting X amount of pay increase and it wasn't like a small amount. I thought they were kind of concerned I was getting into something I shouldn't be in versus a career. Did they make you show them your pay stub? Like how many, how many like months in before they're like, okay, this is a legitimate job. It took them probably towards the end of my contract when I went full time, just a few months after I started it with the company to finally be like, okay, he's on to something now. I don't know what it is still, but he's on to something. Like my dad, he's too busy. I know we talk like Hugh Richardson, you know how he was a truck driver turned. That'd have been like my dad. My dad wishes he had the time, but he's an ag truck driver. So they don't have mandatory rest periods. So he's drive basically all the time. He maybe sleeps four hours a night, you know, because if you're within a certain radius, you don't have to. But he's like, I wish I could do this. And my mom's just like, she gets asked, by her friends what I do. And she's, and she's like, I don't know. He did something on the computer all day. Like they don't even understand it, but they just know that they support me and that they're proud of me now. So that's the best part, right? <laughs> I think my mom says the same thing. She still has no idea what I do. Yeah. Depending on the person, I sometimes tell them it's IT. Right. <laughs> yeah, I do, <laughs> I do the same thing. I'm like, depending on who I'm talking to, some people don't even know what software is. So you got to describe it to people in a different way. Like, oh, he works with computers. So but it's kind of funny because I was like almost the opposite where my first role ever was in Salesforce as a contractor. So I wasn't really like leaving a job or anything like that. I was still trying to figure out like what direction I wanted to take my life in. Yeah, it's it's funny for the longest time. I've also told everyone that I work with that I'm in IT. Even my my dad just last month said that my mom told him that I own a company. And that's been six, seven, eight years now <laughs> that I've owned a company technically. And so my dad's just finding out. I just like to keep it simple for him. We're in IT. It's fine. All right. So I want you guys to, you know, imagine like there are listeners right now that are 18 in college and they probably have a lot of fears in their mind because this is not a normal route. You know, we're taught to like go to school, go to college, get a job. And this is kind of going against the norm. 
what fears were you thinking of as you were going through this and how did you get over those? I would definitely say one of my main fears in general was not figuring out what I wanted to do. And I guess the best way to overcome that is trying out different things. Like Salesforce wasn't the very first thing I ever tried out as far as what I wanted to do for a career. I tried stuff like Forex and stocks. I looked at like financial advising, stuff like that. And again, I was in high school at the time and I know a lot of young listeners probably are either in high school or college trying to figure out what they want to do. And I guess this all stemmed from trying to figure out what my major was going to be. But I found Salesforce, luckily, and I was interested a lot more in, I guess, technology than actually numbers and that sort of thing, which is where the financial advising and stuff like that came from. But I guess technology combined with business, that's basically Salesforce in other words. And I was able to find a degree. I really like data analytics. Again, kind of another synonym that you could put together with Salesforce. But I guess the fear of not figuring out what I wanted to do helped me try new things, basically. And that's where I was able to find Salesforce. So I'm grateful I kind of put myself out there and tried different routes until I found something that I really enjoyed. Yeah, that's, you know, it's interesting because I don't think anyone is truly unique when it comes down to like big picture and how we think and how we look at the world. But I will say, you know, I I haven't heard a lot of people who thought like you did, Patrick, and, and think like you do. Like when I met you, for the first time, you were just out of high school, you know, sort of in this pivotal moment of what you're going to do. Is it going to involve Salesforce? Are you going to go to college? And sort of how to how to find that. And and I wasn't your primary advisor, but it was a conversation that I that I'd certainly heard and I, I was interested in. And you know, I've got a 14 year old brother in law who spends a lot of time in our home uh, most of the summers, and especially in COVID, you know, did virtual school and lived with us. And so I spent a lot of time with him and he's starting high school. He's in ninth grade right now, starting high school. And, you know, he's got his parents that tell him, you know, there's the standard path. You got to go. He's got his grandparents who started college savings accounts for him, you know, when he was still a toddler. He's got church leaders and community leaders and high school advisors and pretty much every respectable adult in his life is telling him. There's a standard path. And when you do your best in high school and you get the highest GPA you can possibly get so that you have options. And when we say options, we simply mean the ability to get accepted at as many colleges as possible. We don't mean options as far as which career you can go forward with or what you can do in your life. We literally mean how many colleges are going to accept you and let you pay them $100,000 to come attend their school to get a four-year degree and graduate with 10,000 other people, right? So when we look at that, I, I think my wife and I are probably the only people in his life that are challenging that and saying, if you are going through high school and you see something in college and you go, you know, I want to do that because I see tremendous value in getting a degree in that, then by all means, go after that. But if you don't, there are way more options than just going to college. I mean, that's just one choice that you can take going forward. But I can tell you, like, even now, he's still got four years to make a decision, right? But even now, I I can see that, you know, going against the grain, is this potentially too good to be true? Or am I, is my situation so nuanced that it's not repeatable? Can I do this? Can I be 
18, 17 years old coming out of high school and actually be successful at something that grownups are doing. And I think those are a lot of the fears we face. And of course, if he makes a decision not to go to college and he fails, then he just went against the advice of everyone, right? Quote unquote fails. There's no true failure, but quote unquote fails. Whereas if he goes to college and makes the decision and fails, like most college students do coming out of college, nothing's held against you because you went the standard path and failed. So it's not held against you. So I guess those are the fears that I would be having because I see them written all over him. I guess to Anita's point, like what advice do you have to kids going through a lot of those, what I would categorize as struggles in making a unique choice in their life as opposed to doing what their parents did and grandparents did? Yeah, I can take a stab at this one. I think that, and this is very hard to accept as a child and a young adult coming out of high school, going through high school, but just really taking the time to research all the options available to you. And like you said, it's not just what college is. Okay, you might have gotten into that prestigious, maybe an Ivy League or whatever school, and you might go $60,000 in debt. Understand that there's nothing wrong with, let's say, going to a state school, for example, or a two-year school, or there are a million ways to break into the, the tech industry, not just Salesforce, without needing a degree really just making an informed decision and, and trying to push back and not letting all the millions of voices, you know, kind of influence your decision. We said, we know, you know, the teachers, the parents, the guidance counselors, they're all pushing for you to go to college and you don't know what you want to spend the rest of your life doing, but just take the time and just whatever you do, just try to make your decision as informed as possible is the best advice I can give. Yeah. So growing up, I had a little bit different. I grew up in a town of 17 people or 17 was high school graduating class, kind of 300 people. I was a first generation college graduate out of my family, both sides. Like there wasn't a norm. And I look at this, looking back at to it, there's no difference between this or somebody wanting to go to hair school, right? We're looking back and having that understanding, like they're still paying money to go to hair school. I pay $200. I got a Salesforce cert and I'm making 60. ROI just kind of doesn't balance out. And looking into it now, like if I was back at 18 years old, kind of like if I was Patrick just a few years ago, we'll just go there. Like look up ROI of what's my cost to get into this versus what do I get out of it? Or what's my cost to get into this? And what's what do I get out of it here? Like looking back at it, you hop on all these college websites and everything, it shows, oh, you had the potential to make this much. Like, okay, that's a potential. Like Salesforce, like nothing's guaranteed in life. I don't want to get that, but you got a heck of a lot more potential to make it a little bit quicker. Um, and start reaching those and getting that experience and stuff like that a little bit quicker. Like my grandparents and all of them were like, go to school, go to school, go to school. And I did. And now, like I said earlier, I'm fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 in debt. And I have a piece of paper to show for it and a little bit of knowledge in business that's not specific to anything. Like I thought I was going to come back, work on a farm and or sell seed or do precision ag. It's kind of what everybody did. Like they either went to business or... They were precision ag on a farm and going back and telling everybody at back home, I work in Salesforce. They're like, well, you do what? And none of them understand it. But that's the thing. People don't have to understand what you're doing to be good at it. So just have confidence in what you're doing and just do all the research, kind of like what Eric was saying. Yeah. So to summarize, there is another option aside from college and getting yourself in debt. You can get a career without going to college and actually make more money than most people start out after like graduating from college. And um, there are like tons of free resources out there to get started. We actually have a free five day challenge that walks you 
through the steps to get started in a Salesforce career, just head over to talentstacker.com forward slash start and sign up there. All right. So thanks everybody for listening in. Uh, If you haven't already, make sure to click subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. And if you don't mind, leave us a five-star rating, five stars only, rating and review. And if you have any questions, be sure to leave those questions in your review because we're going to be doing a Q&A episode once a month. So stay tuned for those and we will answer your questions on the show. You can also head over to talentstacker.com forward slash voicemail and leave us a voice question and we will answer that on the show. Thanks everyone for listening and we will catch you next time. Bye. Thank you for joining us today. To get started for free on your own Salesforce career, go to talentstacker.com forward slash start or check the show notes. There you'll find all the resources you need to start earning 60 to 80,000 in as little as eight months, no matter your education or career background. The Salesforce for Everyone podcast was produced by Edmund T and engineered by Andrew Mendonza. If you like what we do at this scrappy can-do podcast, please help others find us by leaving a five-star rating and a great review on whichever platform you're listening to us right now. See you next time.